Hey, beautiful soul. Before we get started today, I have a quick question to ask you. Are you ready to attract the soul clients who are all in making your sales easy and fun? Like, heck yes you are. Who doesn't want easy and fun sales, right? So, if you're feeling like your soul client is as elusive as a normal coffee order at Starbucks, like, can you feel me? Or you're feeling like you landed in an old western ghost town when you post content or create an offer and you're out there like, can I get some freaking engagement please? Or you're just feeling like you're missing something because everyone else is having success but everything you've done hasn't worked. Like, what the F? And you just want to get some more clients and some more cash. Well, I have some good news. On December 1st, I will be holding a masterclass called Soul Client Attraction. And in this masterclass, we're going to zero in on who your soul clients are and who they're not so that you know exactly who you want to work with and who you don't, making soul attraction and visibility a breeze because you know who they are and you know what they need on a deep level. We're also going to nail your brand story so that you're totally super clear on who you are as a business owner and who you're not so that you can show up with extreme confidence, attracting your soul clients that totally vibe with you. And as a bonus, I'm going to show you my super easy method to create 30 days of posts in one day. In the Soul Client Attraction Masterclass, on December 1st, again, I'm going to show you how to attract your soul clients that love you so much that they just buy the air that you breathe. They're so engaged with you that you feel like you should put a ring on it. And that they'll pull out their credit cards to work with you faster than Pinocchio's nose when he's lying because you get them. Like, you really get them. So I just want you to go over to my website theelevatedentrepreneur.net and bam right there on the front page you can sign up now let's roll this episode it's so funny though yeah so i literally had to say to them yes just go park the car how about yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the elevated entrepreneur podcast I'm Janessa McKenzie, a business mindset coach and brand strategist, and I help online experts like you stop self-sabotaging their success and unapologetically build a badass personal brand that makes marketing and sales easy. It's my mission to show you how to become who you were created to be so you can share your talents with the world, make a difference, and create the income and impact you desire. So if you're ready to end your battle with self-sabotage, regain your kick-ass confidence, create a business and life of your dreams, listen up as I hit the BS button on the notion that hustle and hard work are all it takes to be successful and mix the woo with the strategy to help you create the mindset, messaging, and visibility you need to attract the clients and cash that you want while unapologetically building a powerful brand from the inside out. Now let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm here today with Holly Knoll. Holly is a business coach, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast, and a creator of the digital course, The Consultant Code. Sounds like a um, like a secret service or like top secret something. <laughs> <laughs> and Holly helps mostly women, but some pretty cool men to start their freelance businesses you bad bosses. Good. Holly, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on, Janessa. I'm great. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Excited to have you. So tell me a little bit more about you and who you are, what you do, who you serve. 
Yeah. Yes. So thanks again for having me on the podcast. I, like you mentioned, I also have a podcast myself, but first and foremost, I consider myself a business coach. I built a coaching business to help burnt out, tired, busy women professionals who are in kind of their mid career, um, kind of their mid, mid middle of their careers. I've helped, I've built a, uh, online course to help them start freelancing business and be businesses and leave corporate America and bad bosses for good. Um, having been there my, myself, I've built a multi six figure freelancing business over the past five years and they're just working in various companies and corporations. It just became so obvious to me that there's many other people out there who are feeling stuck in a corporate job or just unhappy, unfulfilled, and they want to do something else. And they just are craving more freedom and more choices when it comes to their careers and lives. And I've really personally first-handedly experienced the benefits of freedom that freelancing, um, hence the word freelancing, can can offer. And so I thought, well, why not teach other people what I've learned in the process and help make make the leap, help people make the leap from corporate to being a freelancer a little bit easier and help people um, feel empowered when they're doing it and, that they, and help them know that they can truly succeed. So that's kind of why why I created my program, The Consultant Code. Awesome. So I find, and I found, because I come from a corporate background as well, that you think that you're supposed to just do that, right? Like you're supposed to go to school, then you're supposed to go to college, then you're supposed to get a job, and then you're supposed to just be like miserable behind your desk for the rest of your life. And you don't have another choice, right? Like you need to start teaching this shit in school. I know. I, I agree. I think I think when I graduated college, I had this idea of what happiness working for a company would be. And that meant like having a sexy title and, and, and not only when I graduated college, yeah, but like I carried this through me, through my career. I worked as an employee for 15 years. And I'm like, when is this going to happen? Wait, <laughs> wait. Oh, the joke's on me. Oh, this isn't going to happen. Oh, yeah. like I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to actually be really unsatisfied and I'm going to be part of messy, icky politics and see the worst in people. And like, I make, I'm painting a very negative picture. I know there are people who have amazing picture, amazing experiences as, as employees. My course is not for them, but I, <laughs> I, I, I started to just realize like, Oh, I feel like this, the joke is on me here. Like what I imagined and what I pictured would happen just wasn't happening. And so, um, that's when I decided uh, it's time to finally start my own business, which is something I'd always wanted to do and just never had the guts. And I never felt qualified enough to do it mm-hmm. until one day I was, I was fired <laughs> from my corporate job. And you were First, like, okay, well, I guess it's time. <laughs> totally. It's like, okay, now or never. Yep. Yeah. Did you feel like, because I think I felt like this, that when you were in corporate, you felt like it was keeping you small. Like for sure, it, ah, for sure. Like we got I, in trouble for like playing outside of our box within the, mm-hmm. you know, like heaven forbid, step on someone else's toes by accident because that's mm-hmm. their job. If I didn't play within my own little box of my role, that was, you know, that was frowned upon. And so it did keep me playing small and feeling small. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think that we even realize it's happening when it's happening sometimes. Until we come across something else and we're like, oh, wait a minute, there's something else? Like I can do something else and I can make more money than what I'm making here. Like what? 
<laughs> yeah, totally. I had worked with, um, I, I had always worked in the technology industry. And so that's an industry that's, you know, very well known for having freelancers and contractors that flow in and out because projects ebb and flow, companies ramp up and down with people. And I, I would work with these like career freelancers who were amazing. And they were always just seemed so happy and free and they were traveling and they could take as much time off as they wanted. And they also seemed to be making a lot of money. And I was like, wait, like, how do I do that? And then the mind trash and the negative self-talk would come in and be like, oh, you're not ready. They're way smarter than you. They wait, they know way more than you do. No one, you know, all the, the imposter syndrome stuff, like, um, like, oh, and, and most of the time these were guys. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if I had like a, a perception, like oh, only men could be successful doing this, but the more I grew my career and the older I got, the more I realized like, Hey, I am ready for this 15 years of doing program project management. Like, of course I can go out this and out there and sell this to a client to, you know, engage with me with these services. What else is there to learn? Like <laughs> I I've definitely built something here. Like you just went to the longest college ever by totally, <laughs> totally. By sitting in corporate for 15 years, learning everything that you could there. What else? What am I waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. It's so funny because we do that to ourselves so much. Like I still do it to myself sometimes and I, it's easier now to catch it and to shift through it and move through it and do whatever I need to do. But because I put all that work in up front, you know, when I first started um, this journey as an entrepreneur, it was like, you get slammed in the face with self-development and you're like, uh, Oh, my thoughts are really my thoughts and I can really create anything with them. And it takes some time to wrap your brain around that. I remember the first time I heard that, your thoughts create your reality and an explanation after that. Like, I think part of my brain melted out of my ears. I was like, <laughs> what? what are you saying right now? And it's like a whole nother world opens and yeah. you're like, oh, okay. So there's a whole lot of shit that I can do uh, that I didn't think that I could quote unquote, I'm air quoting here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing with entrepreneurs, newer, especially newer entrepreneurs, especially coming out of a corporate or any kind of an employee-based job that you don't think that you can do it on your own. Yep. You know, like why? Because you had somebody looking over your shoulder or a boss telling you you needed to do this, this, and this, and now there's nobody there telling you what to do. So what does that mean for you? That means that you can do whatever the fuck you want, right? Totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, yes, people do. Yeah. It, what, and one of the things I was just working with a client the other day and she was feeling like just really overwhelmed and frustrated and working with like some really nightmare clients. And I'm like, why, why, why are you continuing to work with them? Tell me, tell me more about that. Um, and, and she kind of had an aha moment like, oh, I don't need to, oh, this is my business. I don't have to work with these people because her problem isn't a money problem or a getting clients in the door. She has more people than she can account for or, or help, but she's having, she was having trouble like optimizing. And so I was like, well, why don't we start with getting rid of the people that you, that, that aren't right for you? Like, this is your business. Like back to what you said, we get to design it exactly how we want. And, and that is why 
like as a new entrepreneur, you, you don't have to go recreate everything you did in your corporate job. Because if you want to do that and create exactly what you did there, then just don't leave. You know, right. like exactly. look at, look at being a business owner as your opportunity to create something that you didn't have as a, as an employee, create something and build something that matters to you that, um, you know, you were lacking in, in your corporate environment. And there's, there's many things I was lacking and I've created a business around like fulfilling, fulfilling me in ways that I just wasn't as a employee. Yeah. It's funny that, that you brought that um, example up because that's one of the things that is like a, a pillar for me with my clients. I'm like, who do you want to work with? And who don't you want to work with? Like, you have to know both of those things. Yeah. You have to know, you know, the personality and all of the awesomeness and the dreams and fears and all that stuff of the person that you do want to work with. You need to know the personality and the, you know, the drive and the accountability and, the, you know, work ethic of the person that you don't. Yep. And make sure that those people stay over there. <laughs> yeah. There are other people that will serve those people. Like we yeah, don't need absolutely. to worry about them. We don't need to worry about them. I, it's so important to work with people who make you come alive and people that you adore. And, and as a freelancer, I've worked a lot with, um, bigger companies. And so obviously I don't get to pick everybody that I work with there, but I, my direct client lead, the person that is responsible for make for having me there. Absolutely. Do I have like a vetting process that I go through when I get, have the interview and now, yes. And it's all it first and foremost, it's about the vibe and it's, it's hard to describe that, but like, do I gel with this person? Would I want to spend two hours being stranded at the airport with this person back when we used to fly? Um, <laughs> but that, that is, a, it's very telling for me on whether or not I would like to work with them. Yes. Yeah, I have an application for my coaching program because mm. I and I ask some pretty tough questions because mm-hmm. I want to see how you're going to answer them. And I also, um, you know, want to go check you out on yep. social media. And you know, and that doesn't mean that anything you're doing is right or wrong. It just means that if I feel like we will have a great conversation, I can help you that I can see that you are, you know, uh, where you're at and that you want to move forward and that you're really doing everything that you can at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to be like, heck yes, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the people, and I didn't have an application process for a while. It was just like, Oh, let's just jump on a call. Let's just jump on a call up, man. <laughs> That's a lot of time for you to be jumping on calls and, and then like, you know, I, I look at time as the ultimate non-renewable resource and right. It's, it's, it, it needs to be treated as our most precious resource because it is. And if, um, you know, if you're wasting time, you know, think about business owners who are wasting time working with people that they don't love, wasting time letting, you know, I have the velvet rope policy for my coaching clients as well. Like, and that's something I learned in a book called Book Yourself Solid. It is like you, you imagine yourself working at a, 
most, the most exclusive boutique or nightclub or restaurant and only certain people get to come in and, and that's it. And the rest, there are other places and people that can serve others, but if they're not your people, not your people. Yeah. And I find a lot of, um, newer entrepreneurs and that me, I was included in this. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, we think we just want to serve anybody that will pay us in the beginning and mm-hmm. you'll learn quick. You'll learn really quick that that's probably not the case. <laughs> right. And, and I would say on that note, I've definitely, uh, signed on both coaching clients and freelancing clients that have been so not ideal. And depending where I was in my life, kind of my velvet rope gets more exclusive or less exclusive, but I still have the rope. Um, But it depends kind of what my ultimate driver is. And when I was first starting out, absolutely. I had to be some, what I had to be less selective because money at that time was super urgent. I needed it right now. And I needed, you know, I needed it to make, you know, have a means be an end. I needed it as a means to an end, but I, I still, you know, if it would have been an awful fit, I would have not moved forward. But I think I, looking at that client now, would I take them on? No, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But it, I think that can change. I guess what I'm saying is that can change who who you want to work with, depending on what else is going on in your life and what your biggest goals are. Yeah, and what you're offering, right? So if you come out with a new offer, mm-hmm. it might be for a new set of people. Yeah, I mean, it's probably you know people that are obviously in your audience now, but you can also probably go attract a whole bunch of new people with this new offer because it's for, you know, something more specific or something that's just a little bit different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a business coach as well, but I, and you and I are, you know, a lot of the same in a lot of ways because we do a lot of mindset work and, mm-hmm. and we talk about a lot of, you know, those types of things. So, you know, if I were to create a group program that was just about mindset, that could include a whole bunch of different people than, than like somebody that would come coach with me. You know, that's Mm -hmm. probably a different type of person. Um, But I wanted to talk about what you said about like that cash infusion, you know, like you needed cash right now, like for something Um, and having the levers to pull to be like, oh, okay, you know, like maybe if you're a coach, one of your one-on-one clients is ending in a month and they don't want to renew and you're like, oh, okay, so I need to replace that income. So we either try to, you know, we pull the, the lever of, okay, how do I get another one-on-one client? Let's do all the things that I need to do. Do my reach out to my current audience, like create new relationships, do all the things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe for some reason that spot doesn't get filled right when you think it's going to, like, instead of going, oh my God, like, and freaking out, we just pull a different lever. We're yep. like, oh, let's, okay, let's do this so that I can get some quick cash and, you know, keep searching for my one-on-one client spot and get that filled. Mm-hmm. Always good to have some side of some sort of insurance policy that you know you you can fall back on or offer or something that can give you continuity in those times those in between times for sure. Yeah, and you should have a couple levers pulled all the time, anyway. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Because you don't ever want to just depend on one. I mean, that damn no. thing breaks in the leaf springs. And, you know, that 
everything comes crashing down. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what did you find was the hardest thing for you to um, wrap your head around or get your, you know, work through in your own mindset when you came from corporate into your own freelance? Yeah, I think so. My progression was corporate job, laid off, decided to build a freelancing business. Then I did that for, for about, I, I've done that for about five years, but in parallel, then I built the business um, coaching program. And I think the freelance part, I think the hardest part was we've already covered, which was like really defining who it is that I want to work with mm-hmm. and who I don't. And part of that's come with experience. I thought I wanted to work with X client. It turns out not so much. I'd rather work with client Y. And so just testing and, and learning and iterating on who it is that I want to work with. And now I have a very good idea on the types of roles that I love to do as a freelancer, the type of um, clients that I like to work with. And so figuring out who, I think what else was hard was just um, navigating the what. So navigating like what exactly do I offer as a freelancer, like what are the things that I don't want to do anymore as a employee and what do I only want to offer as a freelancer and coming up with that, my offer, um, and getting really clear on what it is that I do do and things that I do not do. And so, um, that I think was, has been a trans was a transition as I first started out is just like, I, I tested a lot of things like, okay, I like this type of role. I don't like that type of role. I like doing this. I like, I don't like doing that. And now I'm very clear on what it is that I offer as a freelancer. Um, And then just, I think the final thing is the mindset piece is transitioning from that of an employee to that of a business owner. And it's very different mindsets and being a freelancer or being a business owner is not for everyone. And that is okay. And what, what I would say is just as if someone is, out here they're listening and they're thinking about like making that transition from being an employee to a business owner is that you've got your, your job of, if you're going to do a services based business, serving your clients. But in addition, there's all kinds of other things that need to be done. And so it's not that you just get to go serve your clients and that's it. You got to have a strategy to find your clients. You got to have like a strategy to manage your money. You got, and which is different than just your paychecks. (laughs) You have to, you have to have a strategy on um, how to manage your books. You have to, um, depending on how big you want to grow or where you want to go with your business. um, There's, there's different things that you, that people need to, to be, um, to be responsible for. Um, I would also say just as you, as I showed, like if there's somebody out there thinking of doing freelancing work, how I showed up as an employee versus how I show up as a business is so different because I am as a business owner, as a freelance business owner, I show up as my brand and as my business. And so I am, I am way, I, I think I'm a way better freelancer than I ever was as an employee because I'm representing my business and me. And like my annual review is not, an annual review with a 2% raise anymore. It's whether or not my client continues working with me. And if I, if I show up and I'm just coasting along with my clients one day, like what a turnoff, why would they want to continue working with me? And so I used to show up and coast along in my corporate job a lot. And, um, (laughs) and as a freelancer, as a business owner, you can't do that. 
because your, your business and your livelihood depends on that. And you have to be ready to be fully accountable for everything that happens in your business. And that is different than being an employee. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had was that as well. So, and it's so funny because I can remember like when it happened, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I'm not an employee. Like I don't have to do things the corporate way. This is my business. Like shit. It was like the light bulb went off and I was like dancing around. It was like this high vibe moment. I was like, Oh my God. You know, (laughs) I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Like shedding the, shedding all the ugly clothes we have to wear as an employee and being able to just be down to the cutest outfit or whatever analogy you want to use. But yeah, peeling all of that back. Yeah. And did you find that you were being, and I'm air quoting here, um, like being somebody different? Oh my gosh. I felt like I was finally being myself. Yes. Yes. Because in my corporate jobs, working for major companies, they all require you to show up how they want you to show up, right? You need to fit the mold. You you get hired, at least in the roles that I've done, I get hired based, part of a big decision of them to hire me was a culture fit. It still can be as a freelancer, but I think you're given more forgiveness because they're not necessarily investing in you as a freelancer for the long term. And so it's okay to show up as more of yourself as a business coach I get to be my most creative self. I get to be my total self. I get, I'm still discovering new things about myself that I'm like, Oh, I want to do this in my business. Now I want to offer my clients that like, it's just so much more. I just feel so much more authentic and real. And like, I've shed that suffocating mask that I wore for 15 years as an employee to, and um, that's something I've been able to shed coming into being a business owner. And that's been one of the most rewarding things of having my own business. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I find with a lot of my clients, that's, that's one of the big things because they have been being this way for so long that they're like, who am I really? Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Oh, we got to get you out there and we got to, you know, um, just like stop self-sabotaging yourself by not being you. And they're like, well, I don't get it. Like I'm not, who else am I being? And like, but let's go back and look at what, you know, where you were, because in that corporate setting, you have to be something a little bit different than you would be if you weren't in that corporate setting. You know, you can't tell me that you would act the same way in your corporate setting job than you would like hanging out with your friends. Like no way. No, you, uh, most of the time, no. Um, you definitely have a certain set of standards you think you have to live by in that corporate job. Um, yeah. I would say, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and, you know, coming out of that shell, like and when you don't even realize you were in it, mm-hmm. definitely takes some work, but it is, like you said, one of the most rewarding things that you can ever do for yourself. It is. It really is. I I think they're being yourself in your business and work is your most competitive advantage as a business owner. Mm -hmm. That, that is your competitive advantage. If you are wearing any mask of any sort, you're selling your client short, you're selling your business short and you're selling yourself short. So 
we, that is the, that is honestly back to your, for one of your first questions, Janessa, about what one of the hardest mindset transitions was, was that it is okay as a business owner to be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it is okay to like me again and not always feel like I'm fixing or changing or doing something to please somebody else and to fit somebody else's idea of good. Mm. It is okay to be myself. And, and like, I think corporate America can beat people down so much to feeling not good enough. Oh, you're not good enough to get this role or this promotion or this raise being a business owner. You, you must like yourself again. You must, it's important imperative to show up as yourself. It's yeah. that's how and you know that you are good enough. Yes. Because yeah. people want to hire you, especially in the coaching industry or any services where you're offering your service, they're hiring you for you. Um, and your abilities, but like, you need to be yourself. Like, I, I just, I can't, I, I guess I can't stress that enough. And I know and it's like, so hard to articulate that sometimes. <laughs> we, like I do, I'm the same way. I get so passionate about that, that I'm like, I don't even know how to say this without just like screaming it. <laughs> yes. Like you must be you. And, and it doesn't mean like overnight, it's a, just a transformation. You wake up and you're like, I'm me. No, <laughs> after... <laughs> After years and years of being beaten down in a corporate America in job, like it takes some time to bounce back for that and be like, oh, who am I? Like, you know, Goldilocks tried in the different porridges. Like, do I like it hot? Do I like it cold? Do I like this? Do I like that? Do I like having the time to try them all? Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. 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 Now you have the time to try them all. Like try, you know, mix them together. Mix them together. together. Yeah. See how that goes. <laughs> Eat all of the porridges and then decide. Oh. Yes. And then have seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. For sure. You have some do toppings you. on the next set. Like, let's just see what happens. Sprinkles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is definitely, I, I agree with that. And it is like, we, we do feel like even if we enjoyed our corporate job, we don't realize that we, and, and you spent a long time in a corporate job. We don't realize that we really were put in a box and, you know, um, not really appreciated to the fullest ability or our full abilities were never really appreciated or we never even let, got the chance to let them yeah. out and shine. Yep. So we forget what they are. Mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, Oh, I, I can do that. Like, I'm really good at that. I know that I can do that. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I found was that I know that I have a shit ton of potential. Yep. And in my, like when I was in corporate, I was like, I can do way more than this. Like I'm way smarter than this shit. That you're yeah. Um, but was never really given the chance, which made me feel like I wasn't being taken seriously, which kind of just kind of pushes you back down and makes you small. You know, it's like this crazy, uh, like rat race kind of thing that you're like, oh, well, there's the tail. I'm going to go chase the tail because that's what I want. Um, And then you just kind of keep going around in circles sometimes. And you can this doesn't even have to be in corporate. Like here, I kind of feel like we're bashing corporate right now. (laughs) This doesn't even have to be in corporate. This can be in your Mm -hmm. life and your relationships and Mm -hmm. uh, in anything. So when you're, you know, 
even if you are at the position right now where you are in corporate and maybe, you know, your uh, entrepreneurship is interesting, but mm-hmm. you're not really quite sure yet. Look at your patterns, look at your patterns now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do you constantly chase and then beat yourself up for later? Yeah. That's what you're going to have to work on the most if you decide to be on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think, I, I think anytime there's contrast there, it's a, it's a time for change. And I actually just did a Instagram video on this earlier, but I, I just think anytime like in, in, in corporate America, it just wasn't for me. I was, the longer I stayed, the more I felt a contrast and a conflict and inside. And that's when I knew it was time to start exploring and making and thinking about making a change. Um, I also have never felt so creative as I have now as a business owner. And I think transitioning from a corporate employee to a business owner, I've been able to, I always thought of myself as a not creative person. Like, oh, I'm not creative. I don't draw. I don't paint. You know, I don't do the traditional creative things. And um, because my life had kind of revolved in spreadsheets and, you know, project plans and, you know, meetings and whatever, and and there was some creativity to that, but I I think as a business owner, one of the freeing things has been um, experimenting on just being creative, problem solving, creative with um, thinking about growth, thinking about how to find clients, thinking about content to share that's helpful. I've just I think that's been one of the really fun transitions is just, again, being able to show up as myself, but then tapping, tapping in and believing that I actually am a creative person. When for so many years, I, I was like, oh, I, oh, I'm, I'm not creative. Oh, where, where's, where are the marketing people, you know, or where are the, and, and so I think that every human actually is creative. And so sometimes our, our jobs, working for someone else, there's a corporate need and that's what we are there to fulfill. It doesn't matter if you're creative or not, if there's not a need. And so there are needs out there for creative people to be business owners and to help people. So I think if anyone's sitting out there and they have an inner creative idea, like figure out how you can share it, start a side hustle, Um, you know, start something for free even. Yeah, exactly. Just Mm -hmm. start helping people do it. Like if there's, or an idea just put it out there. Just put it out there. Let people know about it. Like that's the first step or, you know, let your close circle be and be like, Hey, I kind of have this idea, like just get it out into the world. You know, you speak something like you, first of all, you think something and it has it. The the reality of it happening is exponentially higher of just you Mm -hmm. thinking about it, you speaking it, you know, that percentage goes up even more. Yeah, and then the next step is just action. Yeah. So humans are creators, period. Like whether you think you're creative or not, we are all creators. Mm-hmm. We do it every day, every single day with every single thought, with every single breath, with everything we see, everything we touch, taste, feel, we create yeah. something. So, you know, if you're thinking like Holly did that she's not creative, I'm calling bullshit right now. (laughs) We are all creative and creators and we're creating every single second of every single day. Yes. Yes. So much. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Holly, this was 
quite an amazing conversation. Yeah, and we yeah. could probably talk for hours. Uh, so maybe we'll do it again. I would maybe love I'll, to. I'll podcast the next yes, time. yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm kind of on all the platforms, but my favorite where I feel the most creative is Instagram. You can find me at Holly Knoll. You can find me on my website, hollynoll.com. Um, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's my second favorite platform as well. Definitely feel less creative there, but uh, they just rolled out stories. So that's kind of fun on where, mobile. Where was it? On LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. stories, really? LinkedIn stories on mobile. And so I've been kind of experimenting with that. So that's been kind of fun. And then um, I also, if if there's anyone out there listening that wants to start a business and is having trouble kind of like solidifying their idea or just getting a good idea, um, one of the top reasons people don't start businesses is they feel they don't have a good business idea. So I created a um, business action guide um, to help folks solidify their business idea in just six steps. So you can find that on hollynoll.com slash free. Yes. That's going to get linked up. All of that will get linked up in the show notes. Is there anything that you would love to just tell everybody that would tie it all up in a bow? I think that if there's somebody out there, um, you know, if, if you're listening and you're thinking about making that leap from being a, an employee to a business owner, there are people out there to, to help you along the way. Um, I would recommend shortening your learning curve from A to B as quickly as possible and investing in hiring somebody to help you or in a book or um, in resources to just help you get there because I think we can get so stuck in just like the maybe someday <laughs> oh. that if you even have an idea, like Janessa said, you said earlier, like speak it, say it, talk to friends about it, and then find, look at somebody that's doing that thing that are like maybe a year or two ahead of you and either talk to them personally, if you can, or consume all their content and just start learning and taking action. Just, yes. just get it out there. And you said that. Yep. I'm glad you said the taking action part. Cause I was going to say, don't get stuck in learning mode because we can do that so easy and just consume, 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 consume. And then we're like a year later, we're going, why isn't anything happening? Yeah. Uh, Wait, (laughs) where did the last nine months go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Action is, is the biggest, the the biggest thing that most people actually forget to do. Totally. Totally. Because it's hard and it's scary to take action. It's, it's not scary or hard to read a blog or listen to a podcast. Like hopefully, hopefully no one feels scared today, (laughs) but it can feel scary to actually do something because it's new and it's, it might be hard, but baby steps, small steps, but something every day. Yeah. I know you got this. You got it and you're enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. So much good stuff. (laughs) It was. So anyone listening, as always, screenshot this episode, tag Holly and I in your stories. Uh, Let us know what your aha moments were. Send us messages. Send us love. Just send us something. No. (laughs) Chocolates. Flowers. (laughs) But we love to answer questions and we love to support you. So um, you can do that on Facebook or Instagram for me and LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram for Holly. So we'll link all that stuff up in the notes and we will see you in the next episode. Perfect. Thank you, Janessa.